From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MVW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this Monday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parham, Neil McCready, Clark Ford at Studio. Today, we are going to go to the phone lines in just a couple minutes on the Raptors Music and Food Hotline to speak with uh, acclaimed author Harlan Coben joining us this morning. So uh, when we get uh, get this intro out of the way, we'll take a quick break for our live stream. We'll go to him, talk to him for about 25 minutes or so, I think, today about his uh, process, all the Netflix series coming about now with uh, Harlan as well. So, uh Pretty good treat for me. It's been one of my, or actually my favorite author for uh, over a decade now. So, uh, podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon, the Oxford Crystal, there on Highway Six West. Use the uh, the drive through at the Oxford Crystal. Take advantage of that. Still uh, use the Speed Pass Plus out, but the Oxford Exxon don't touch much. You can get fuel at good gas prices, get some discounts while uh, protecting yourself in the process. There also there will uh, there'll be fish bowls up at every Crystal location that is uh, operated by What a Combo in the state. You can put your name in on April 27th. They are going to uh, pick a winner from each location. That person gets free Crystal for a year, and then on Friday they are. Uh, feeding people or Fridays, sorry, multiple people in need, uh, first responders and the like, trying to make a difference there with the Oxford Exxon, the Oxford Crystal. And again, coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Fords in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900. That number, call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell tell Corey, the people there at Clark Ford, what Ford product you're looking for, and they're going to send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. It's that simple. It's right to the bottom line. Certainly now is not a time to get fleeced by a car dealer Call Corey at the very least. You're going to get a baseline that's going to help you moving forward. At the uh, most, you can end up doing what I've done, what a lot of people uh, who've listened to this have done, and that's hop into a Clark Ford. You'll love the product. You'll love the service after the sale. They're great people. They're going to take care of you long after you roll off the lot. 662-257-1900. Guest will join us on the Rafters Music and Food Hotline. Look, they're not open. Um, probably not going to be open in the month of April, but when this is over, remember the people at Rafters and uh, go by when sports come back, and they will eventually. When they do, go back, enjoy a game, have a couple of beers, enjoy a burger, enjoy their Sunday bluegrass brunch, mimosas, Bloody Marys, chicken and waffles, biscuits, all of that stuff, Rafters, music and food on the square in Oxford. So if you're in a live stream, hold on one second. Be right back with Harlan Coben. As big a change for me as it is, I think, for other people who are having really tough issues with that part of it. It's the one thing I'm most fascinated with, with, with people like you who have been wildly successful as authors of books. Because, you know, I've, I've written articles and stories and covered games and stuff all of my life. And I always have people say, why don't you write a book? And I always think, I, number one, I don't know that I'm talented enough to write a book. And number two, I don't know that I, I, I know how to write a book, which sounds weird. I'm curious what... What is your writing process when you're working on a book like uh, The Boy from the Woods? What's, how does that just kind of come about? Well, you tell a story. I mean, uh, the key is really to, you know, it's sort of like if you're climbing a mountain, you, you know, you know the peak is up there, but you can't really be intimidated by it. It's just, uh, you know, word by word. You just build in the blocks and, and you keep going. So, you know, after a while, I've written 30 books or something like that. So, you, you know, you, it becomes 
less intimidating um, or also more exhausting when you think about it each time. But you really take it step by step. So if you're writing an article, you know, the first word is the hardest. And the same thing um, with a book. You know, the article is, it's like, I can compare it to a relationship. The article is like a one-night stand, <laughs> and a book is like a long-term marriage. And so you have to be ready for that. You have to be prepared to be living with it for a long period of time. How has your process changed from maybe, you know, in the mid-90s to write Deal Breaker or something like that? I mean, what, what have you sort of learned about the ways that, that, that you, 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 you write and how your routine needs to, needs to be, be a little different? Um, well, I'm one of the few writers, my routine is not to have a routine. Okay. A lot of writers you'll speak to, they have a certain spot in the house, and at 6 a.m. they start this. Um, my routine is basically to do what works until it stops working, and then I find a new routine. It's like I'm riding a horse, the horse collapses, and now I'm looking for a new horse. So, for example, for a while I was riding really well at this um, coffee shop that was located inside my supermarket next to the deli counter. So I came home smelling like olive loaf for about a month. One time I took an Uber into New York City, and uh, I felt so guilty about spending the money on it that I wrote in the back, and I wrote really well. So for three weeks I took an Uber everywhere I went. Um, that kind of a thing. Anything that's working, anything that makes you write is good. Anything that doesn't make you write is bad. Do you think you're hyper vigilant, just you know, noticing your surroundings? I know you always talk about how you kind of know the beginning, you know the end, and you'll get to the middle, and it can be anything in daily life. I mean, is it is some of that just a, a very keen observation from, from from you as far as what you see around you? Well, that's a nice way of putting it. Okay. Uh, other people would say I'm distracted all the time. <laughs> I'm not paying attention. I'm not living in the moment. Um, but yeah, I constantly am asking what if and trying to turn situations on their head. You know, in the case of the boy from the woods, I was I was hiking through the woods, which I don't like doing, and I'm getting bored because you know after a while, a tree's a tree, and I'm looking for a you know donut shop or a or a bookstore I can wander through, you know, and I see a kid walking around by himself, and I start thinking, you know, this kid's around six, I'd say, I'd say, what if some kid just came out of the woods right now, and he swore he always lived there, had no memory of parents, broke into cabins to feed himself, and what if? We never find his parents. What if 30 years pass, he grows up, and he still doesn't know the truth about it, who he is, and then another kid goes missing in the woods? That's the little seed that became the boy from the woods. That's just brilliance, because I don't know if I'm walking through the woods that I ever have that thought. That's, I'm curious. Well, it starts that way. You have to understand that for every thought. like My mind goes like that uh, you know, I don't know how many times a day, and maybe it's two or three months of doing this. I make it sound very easy and very quick right but it's two or three months and then it's taking notes on it and then most of the time you toss it away because it just doesn't take hold it's it is literally you know not literally it's figuratively like spreading seeds all over but in really hard terrain really tough terrain and if you're lucky one of those seeds starts to take root and, and begins to grow because what i just described to you is not a book it's barely an idea um, but from there, I start to think of the other things I wanted to add. I wanted to add bullying. I wanted to add media manipulation. I wanted to add a friendship. I wanted to add, or, to add an old tragedy. I wanted to add a 70-year-old uh, co-lead character. You know, and then, then you start throwing all these things in. You're seeing what this tree, after it starts growing, can still take on. So I was going to ask you, I think you kind of answered it with, with taking notes. Do you 
Ever wake up in the middle of the night, write an idea down that came to you? Uh, you know, you're taking a shower and an idea comes to you. Do you have to write it down so that you don't kind of, it doesn't find the, a, a, one of the recesses in your brain? Most of the time, no. Uh, most of the time, a really good idea it stays. But also, literally, uh, well, yeah, I think pretty much, with the exception of once, I think, in all the years I've, writ- I've written, when I've written down an idea in the middle of the night, in the morning, it makes no sense. Because <laughs> something you'll have in a dream seems so real and vivid and brilliant. And in the morning, you'll wake up and saying, you know, bear with wings flies into blender. You know, it makes no <laughs> sense whatsoever. But it felt real because it was in a dream for you. So almost never does that really, does that produce anything anything valuable. And if it does, if it is something valuable, it usually will come back to you somewhere else. What was intriguing about, I, I know you started with Tell No One and different things like that, but the converting things to television, obviously this Netflix deal, what, what about that appealed to you? I love telling stories. Um, I love telling stories to as many people as, as I can. So um, the Netflix stuff has been really great and really fun. I can't believe how many people have seen The Stranger um, on Netflix in the two months or so it's been out. Um, and that, there's two other shows on it, uh, Safe and, and The Five, uh, all three I did with my team over in the, over in England. And uh, it's been really fun. But, you know, my goal is to tell you stories. My goal is to keep you up at night. My goal is to get you to turn pages or click the next episode. Um, I want you to binge these shows. I want you to disappear, especially now when we're kind of cooped up. Um, it's really gratifying to see how many people are spending the quarantine time with either the boy from the woods, if you're reading, or the stranger, if you're on Netflix, if you're watching TV. And it's, it's immensely gratifying. The Woods, the next Netflix Netflix uh, series, I think I saw you put out on Twitter. How, how many of those in the future have been decided? I think I read somewhere it's potentially a 14 series deal. Is that correct? Well, the, yeah, they they have the rights to Netflix, and I've signed sort of a five year deal. I think okay. we're in year one and a half, maybe now. Um, and we're you know, the Stranger was the first in this new deal, but I've already had done Safe with Michael C. Hall and the Five, which are also on already. So the Stranger's the first. The second will be the Woods, which comes out, uh, I can't say when, but sometime this year. The third is going to be The Innocent. Uh, we we were almost done filming it, but of course we've suspended production while all this is going on. Um, and so we plan to continue making um, a lot of shows together. More, you know, limited series, six to, <laughs> six to ten episodes, I would say. Um, and it's been really, a, it's been great. You know, there's something that you couldn't have done a few years ago. I had no, really no interest in doing, say, a network show that had to be 22 episodes where each week we solve a crime and move on. That really wasn't, you know, something that really drew me. Uh, what I love about these is they're like a novel right on the screen. You know, The Stranger, I'm not saving anything for season two. I don't want a season two. You know, it's done very, very well. If we want to do a season two, we could. But I don't want to force it. I don't think it's fair when I ask you to watch eight episodes of The Stranger, to then not give you the, all the answer, to give you not give you the you know the answer of who did it and what really happened, so my shows are what I call close ended. There may be a second season, though I doubt it. I really don't, unless I think of an idea that's even better. I'm not going to do that. I'd better do a new book. But that's fair to you when you want, when you sit down for episode one of The Stranger. There's an ending in the episode, and in 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 eight. When Corinne goes missing in episode one, you find out what happened to her by episode eight. 
what I like about it so much is The Stranger was maybe my my favorite standalone of yours. But when you watch it on Netflix and do things, you've changed. You know, you've, you've kept kind of your one demographic for a lot of your your protagonists, your people in your novels. But you know, it's a it's it's a different gender. It's a different country, as you talk about with England. It changes things up so much, regardless of storyline, that it's almost it, it is it's a completely new production for television versus what you're reading in the book. I, I find that pretty fascinating. Just the little tweaks here and there. That's a great point. I mean, one of the things that you know I know. Some people feel differently about this, but I think the worst adaptations are the ones that are slavishly devoted to the text. The book is the book, a TV series or a movie is a TV series or a movie. They should be different. One is visual storytelling, one is more internal. So I love making changes, and I love adding things. So having the eight episodes and you know, making it, I made the world smaller, yet added more story and characters and there's parts of the stranger that are bonkers but that's intentional it's 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 supposed to be great deal of fun and just keep you gasping um all the time the 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 book you know there was things i wanted to change about the book the, when we started to cast the stranger in the in the book the character was a was male um a young kind of computer nerd and it just the dynamic was not working on screen and when we found Han- Hannah John Kamen, who you may know from Ant-Man and the Wasp or Game of Thrones, she just brought a whole nother dimension to that character that I loved. And so I said, yeah, let's change the, the character to being a female. Let's add more story for these teenagers who really didn't do much in the book. Let's you know, make the world, instead of all over the USA, let's make it all in one community to make it all that much more intense and, and raise the stakes to the tenth power. And so you should. I think you should change things for a TV series. And this way, a lot of people are now reading the book and going, wow, I love the book, too, in a completely different way. And that's fun. That's really fun. Just kind of an offshoot t- t- thought here. Michael C. Hall, you mentioned in Save, he plays that every man so well that you don't necessarily typecast him as Dexter, the guy from Six Feet Under. Because when, I, when you first see it, you go, oh, my God, it's him. And you're expecting this just crazy psychopath. But he does such a good job of being a different person there and, and, and not putting you into that, that thought. Well, Michael C. Hall is a terrific actor, and you really hit on something here because that's how I sold it to him. You know, Michael's only done two series, Six Feet Under and Dexter. Um, when I found out he had an interest in doing Safe, I actually went over to England just to meet with him and, and try to convince him to do it. But one of the things that appealed to him and that I, appealed to me about it was, Michael, you're not playing crazy. <laughs> you're not killing anybody. You're not doing anything wild. You're not dressing up strangely. You're the you're like Jimmy Stewart in an old Alfred Hitchcock film. You're the you're the standard dad. And I think that had a lot of appeal to him um, to show that he didn't have to always be quite so edgy. He could be the sort of the leading straight man. And it was really a, really fun to have him. He's such a terrific actor. He works so hard. Everyone on the set um, loved him. Um, and we had a blast making that that show safe. It was really a lot of fun. And if you've seen The Stranger, you know, try, you know, if you like The Stranger, I think you really like Safe, too. I'm assuming the question you get more than any other is when does Myron come back? When do you write more books about that world, even though your world does intertwine with a lot of them? Did you get to points where do you get tired of writing that character? Do you have to be in certain mindsets to go back into that world? Or are there certain ideas that just work better for for him versus standalones and, and the like? Well, it was a third of those things. I love Myron. Um, and that's for those who don't know what we're talking about, the Myron Bolotar series, it's a series where involving a sports agent who solves crimes. Um, starts with a book called Deal Breaker back in 1995. I've written um, 11 of them, plus three young adult ones, mm-hmm. starting with a book called um, 
shelter. Um, but I have written Myron less and less frequently because I'm writing more of these sort of standalone novels, which have all new characters. Here's the thing. I explained to kind of like how I came up with the idea for the boy from the woods, right? So when I come up with an idea, which always starts first, then I say, who's going to tell that story? Now, Myron obviously can't be the lead in the book where he went missing in the woods when he was a little kid and no one knows what happened to him, right? So that can't be a Myron Bolotar novel. Um, so when I come up with an idea that works for Myron, he'll tell it. If it doesn't, I don't want to force it. You know, I hate when people just, you bring a character back just because people want them and it becomes sort of the, the literary equivalent of the Harlem Globetrotters visits Gilligan's Island, you know what I mean? <laughs> Where you just sort of saying hi to your old friends. Um, that said, I, uh, very soon I will have a kind of a surprise of how Myron's going to be coming back, but he will, the gang will be back. Um, sooner rather than later and um you know he's part of my life and i look at each novel as a chapter in a longer novel that i don't know how and when it will end but um if, if you are you know if you're on if you're in quarantine or if you're self-isolating i do give it a try if you've never read this series of books because it's kind of fun you you could start myron and the first book is like in his m- mid to late 20s and by the last one he's in his mid 40s so you really get to kind of age and change with him and and go through all of that, and I think uh, you'll enjoy that. Yeah, I, I discovered it. I was it was in 2006 or 2007. Actually, obviously, it'd been in publication for for over a decade, and it was in a Phoenix airport when I was flying back home. And uh, I, w- I went through it on the plane quickly, loved it, and I was so excited when I realized it was just book one. And I actually had grabbed just by chance the first of the series, and you get on and you order all of them, and you go through them. And I, I was kind of like the, the the person you talk about. It's like, hey, just just write that, just give me more of that world and more of that world. But what I love is, and not not to get too deep into the woods for people who haven't read you yet. But you do have everything kind of connected. You know, you can find Hester Crimstein and other things. And there, there are characters that you do get some Easter eggs. Is that is that because that fits what you need right then? Or do you like just kind of going back to, to that world a little bit? Both. One, I like to wink at you a little bit yeah. for those who read everything. If you're not reading everything, you're not going to catch it. It's no big deal. It doesn't harm you at all either. Um, but the other thing is I do, I am working in the same world. So they, I like them to overlap a little bit. Um, you know, so the, you'll find that that happens. You don't have to, doesn't mean you have to read one. I mean, really, uh, uh, most of the people who have discovered the Myron Bolotar series started with Fade Away, let's say, the, the third book, which kind of gives his origin story, or they found the most recent, Home, and then they say, wow, you know, this is really cool, and it's fun to go back and then see how he was 20 years earlier and then and, and go that way. Everyone does it a slightly different way, but it's really, it's extraordinarily gratifying, and it's fun to, you know, I, I, there's nothing more I love more than when I find a new series character that I can dig in for 10 or 12 books or whatever else it is, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled that people are still discovering um, Myron Boltar now, especially sports fans. I know a lot of your listeners, obviously, are big sports fans, so those are the ones, you know, whenever I, I meet an athlete who's a reader, you know, uh, there's a, a bunch that have contacted me from all, all walks of life and all schools, um, and they've always been, the first thing they've always discovered me from was because Myron Boltar was a sports agent, and so they took place a little bit in the sports world, those books, and so that was a lot of fun for people who, who love sports and love reading, so you get both. Who were some kind of wow moments for you along those lines where someone's reached out and said, hey, I, I love your books, I love your work, when you know you're you're almost a little starstruck yourself. Oh, all the time. I mean, uh, I'm fortunate to have three presidents who have uh, reached out and contacted me um, uh, 
for you know with with reading the books and you know tons of different athletes and and celebrities and things like that but frankly the most the most gratifying for me was uh especially the soldiers during um, the Iraq war, I was getting a ton of messages that they were all passing along the books. And uh, on my on my personal uh, Facebook page, you see a photograph of a group of soldiers all holding up books in Baghdad with a handmade cardboard sign saying, Coben Book Club Baghdad Branch. And that's always been still, that's my most satisfying moment as, a, as, a, as an author to receive when those guys sent me that picture. Um, that was really, really special. I found it really intriguing when you when you talked about the the creation of, of Myron and kind of you had what he wanted and vice versa and some of the how it's it's modeled after you but not really. However, you always kind of downplay your your, your basketball career, little career a little bit. You were in the uh, New England Basketball uh, Hall of Fame. How, how good of a player were you at Amherst? Be, be honest with us. I was fair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I started. I was a starter from my sophomore year on. Um, but you know, and I was the I was a grunt worker. I was the one who played the I was supposed to play the hard defense. I played my sophomore year. Two seniors were thousand point scorers and, and legit All American Division three players. And my job was to get them the ball, get the rebounds, and and cover the best player in either team. That was that was um, so I was always a, a a good role player. I think um, my stats would probably not put me in the Hall of Fame. The New England Basketball uh, Hall of Fame put me in in the category of quote, scholar or athlete, which I think means you're kind of neither. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I did play four years, of, you know, uh, four years of college basketball, but it was Division III, um, and I was fair. You know, I, I could do the job. I was, you know, I'm a big, I'm big guy. I'm 6'4", 225. In those days, that was big. Um, and, um, I, you know, I really loved it. I loved the, the whole camaraderie of, of basketball and things like that. And, um I still, you know, recently, not not too recently, I had to had to sort of retire just because my knees were starting to go a little bit. And my my doctor friend, who's a does knee operations, said, "You have a choice: you can keep playing and end up on my table, or you can take up golf and not end up on my table." So I chose golf and not ending up on his table. I hope. Do do, do you watch basketball with some of your spare time stuff? What 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 is sort of your relationship with sports at this I, point from your your, your free time? I, it's a, it's a weird relationship with sports. I, I don't really love watching the NBA very much, frankly. So I actually prefer I go to a lot of uh, NHL games. I love watching the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. I was there last on March 5th for a, an incredible overtime 6-5 game against the Washington Capitals. I find that to be more, uh, I enjoy that more as a spectator sport now than I that I kind of do basketball. It could also be because the Knicks are so bad. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I'm not, I, I actually love watching the college football stuff that you guys are covering. I think that's just you know that's exciting to watch, and and I do like the college basketball. I'm just not that for. I'm not that interested in the NBA anymore. I'm not exactly sure why, but um, I'm just you know I'm not. I think also the games feel sort of meaningless until the last minute or two. Um, I don't know. I, I, we should <laughs> we could do a whole segment on why, but I do, but I don't really watch them. Humor me for a second. Couple of your favorite golf courses. What do you got? My favorite golf courses. Yes. Um, number one has to be Pine Valley in New Jersey, which is always ranked one or two. Oh, so okay, exactly that, 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 that's one. Uh, okay, surprise. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's interesting <laughs> that number one people don't realize that the number one ranked golf course in the world usually it's either Augusta or Pine Valley. More often than not, Pine Valley, and it's located in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> which I think surprises a lot of people. But nobody sees it ever because um, there's no there's no event. I mean, it's, it, w- w- it wouldn't be suitable for it anyway from a logistics standpoint. But even so, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's very hard, I guess, to get on. But the win in my books is real. Um, <laughs> so he he can get me on any golf course. Okay, right. Pretty much in the world. So I would say that's my, my home course of Ridgewood, uh, which is where they played the Barkley Open a lot, um, and that's called the Northern Trust Open. Which is also a Tillingast course has to be up there is one of the is one of my but well one of my favorites certainly I've also had the honor of playing Cyprus I've played Shinnecock mm-hmm. Marion um, every one of them is Wingfoot they're you know they're really as great as 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 they say but the beauty of golf of course is it's all how you're playing right so you can play any place as long as you're hitting the ball well. Last couple things here. I know we don't have much longer. What uh, what what made you do the children's book? The magical, fantastical fridge, also in your uh, your, yeah. your, your your catalog. What, what what went into that? Well, for the young adults especially. I mean, and if you're an adult who's read all my stuff, I really recommend you try the young adults. Start mm-hmm. with Shelter, which is a Mickey Bolotar novel. He's just like Myron, except he's younger, and I think you'll really um, enjoy them. Magical, uh, fantastical fridge was uh, an idea I came up with with a woman named Leah Tanari, who I thought was just a great local artist, and I kind of wanted to get her work out there a little bit, and I really loved her work. It's almost more of a of an art picture book than, than, anything, than, than anything else, and hopefully will stir your kid's imagination, because the idea is when you put pictures on the fridge, suppose they kind of come to life. You know, the fridge is like a magical place in that way when you hang up those photographs in your house and you use the magnets and put them on. Um, and as a you know, as a kid, you can kind of imagine just jumping into those pictures and into those worlds. And maybe you you put up tickets to a game you went to, and you're jumping into that. And I just think that would be a great thing for young kids to sort of imagine and, and start conversations with their parents. How much uh, COVID nineteen self quarantine type stuff do you think is going to get into your work in the future? Or are you just going to be so happy to get away from it you'll never touch it again? I think I mean I think I won't touch it. But you know, it's the same with. Not to get too heavy, but with 9-11, which hit here where I live a lot, we lost a lot of people. And so for years, I couldn't write about it afterwards, years. And then slowly it slips into the book. I mean, it's in the background. It's a backdrop. Um, And I think it will have to be a backdrop eventually, but I don't think I'm going to be the author who takes it on straight on. I just don't. I I, I want you to escape when you read my books. I want you to escape when you watch my shows. And this is not a this is you know so this is not something that's an escape for for me. So I don't I don't think I'll be writing about it. We obviously are not living in one of the hot spots yet. Uh, we're not too terribly far from a couple of the hot spots. You're right there in one where it is it is the one thing on everyone's mind. How how is day to and it's an impossible answer, but how how is day to day life in that area different today than it was two months ago? Well, I mean, I do stress. Try, you know, I don't know. We're social distance wherever you are because it's common. And um, if we had been wiser and social distanced earlier, I think it wouldn't be uh, quite so bad. I mean, again, for me personally, I'm fine. I'm comfortable. I'm, you know, I don't mind being in the house all day. That's that doesn't bother me. Uh, I'm I'm worried about my friends and and I'm worried about people's getting ill and things of that nature. And I hope that um, we're able to handle all of that. Um, I do think that, you know, I'm trying to help out as often, much as I can with the people that I know and the stores I know. I'm trying to, for example, because the restaurants are suffering, I'm ordering, you know, large gift certificates now that I'll use hopefully in the future or I'll donate to somebody in the future um, to try to help out. But it, it's it's not easy here. And um, that's why, really, I hope you guys are out there really try to social distance now 
because um, you know you, you don't want, you're going to be locked down probably eventually, but you really don't want to 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 not do all you can. It's it to stop, and it's not that hard. I mean, you know, sitting at home, our, our, we had our our relatives had to go to war, right? And and our forefathers uh, and foremothers had to deal with all sorts of kind of horrendous hardships in that way. So this is not really that hard to just stay away from other people, find ways to to still communicate, and try to be creative about it. Boy from the Woods out now from Harlan Coburn as well as uh, The Stranger and multiple Netflix series. Really, really appreciate the time. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. Nice talking to you guys. Take Thanks, care. Laura. You too. Take care. Take a quick break to tell you about Special Orthopedic Group. The big thing right now is they are open in Tupelo and Oxford. You can skip the ER for urgent ortho-related injuries at both those locations. They're offering virtual health telemedicine. Patients have direct access to all SOG physicians and nurse practitioners. Patients have 24-hour access to appointments at 662-767-4200 or www.sogms.com. No referral is needed and walk-ins are welcome. Again, 662-767-4200. We're also brought to you by Oxford University Bank, OUB, locally owned and operated right here in Oxford. When you deposit money at OUB, that money and the vast majority of the bank's profits go right back into the Oxford community. OUB gives you the comfort of home, all the benefits the big mega banks provide, all the technology and products that you could ever want, all with the personal touch. OUB offers its customers the absolute best cash checking account. It's called Casasa, and with Casasa, OUB will pay customers 2.5% interest on their balances up to $50,000 and refund ATM fees nationwide. They also offer online bill pay and mobile check deposit using its online app. Go to liveoxfordbankoxford.com or call 662-234-6668. OUB is FDIC insured. And we're brought to you by Bluff City Advisory Group, dedicated to building the future you desire. Founded in Memphis in 2019, their team is comprised of established and seasoned financial experts who came together to serve individuals and families of their beloved hometown. The firm is built on decades of wealth management experience, and they've seen it all. The financial advisors have a reputation for professional excellence, and their clients rely on their high level of confidence and integrity. So whether you need guidance on developing a financial plan, creating a customized executive benefits program for your business, or preparing a detailed asset allocation analysis, Bluff City Advisory will provide forward-thinking, cost-effective investment strategies customized to uniquely fit each client. Call 901-365-3447 or email ben, that's B-E-N, at bluffcityadvisory.com. And we're brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors, serving you for all your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. She sells condos, land, commercial, and uh, residential family homes, 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. It was Harlan Coben, New York Times bestselling uh, author, also a uh, really a matter of just uh, perseverance too because I, I think he, I think the first time he had a New York Times bestseller was his 10th book. I think he wrote nine before finally uh, got on the list, at least from the uh, the early going. So uh, again, um, somebody Something I, picked, I, uh, I have just, I, I'm, wowed by people that can do that i i get that question i probably get it 10 times a year why don't you write a book and, and my answer is I, I just don't think i'm good enough to write a book and, and so the people that are that good that can write books the way he does uh, it, it's remarkable. your mind works in a way that is hard to comprehend because you see everything as not just like you said an idea is not a novel an idea is not a storyline and a plot an idea is just an idea 
know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And then you got to figure out, okay, what what world does that go into? Or like he said, hey, who's the who's the narrator? How does this work? I mean, it's it's it, it's fascinating. It's 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 something else. Yeah, I mean, the way he can build a character like Myron Bolitar for years and years and years and let him grow up and that's that's that is a skill man and i will say if you have not read it read any of his books start with deal breaker um because you get such a sense of his writing to read the myron bolitar series it's something you're going to enjoy because most people are sports fans or listen to us right now read that series like i said there's 10 11 books whatever it is then get into the standalones and I, you know if you have kids let them start with with Mickey Bolator. It's a young adult novel, but I've, I've read them too. It's just a fan of his work. You could even kind of read them together with your kids. Once you're caught up, I, I think it's a good idea. There's something that, uh, that you'll really, really enjoy as you uh, go through. How, how do we read from the live stream? Jordan Rebel said, how'd you get him on? I complimented him probably a year and a half ago on Twitter and he followed me back. Um, I knew I probably should go through his, 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 his publicist to request the media thing. But I said, you know what? He follows me on Twitter. We're just going to give this a shot. I'm going to send a DM. I sent the DM. He responded. He goes, yeah, I'd love to do it. Just send something to my guy or whatever. And they, they, they set it up. They were very, very, very helpful there with, uh, with his company. So just a, just a nice guy. Really appreciate the, uh, the time. Like I said, I was it's like the rest of us. We got nothing but time. Well, it was kind man. of the thing. I said, I looked at it and I said, okay, you're supposed to be on tour right now. Um, you're not. So, what up? Talk to talk to us. That's uh, that's that's that, that's good. So um, <clears throat> anyway, yeah, uh, it was great. And by the way, uh, the first fifteen seconds, if you are just listening to the podcast, uh, I forgot to hit the record button. So that's great, but it's fine. Didn't miss anything overly uh, important there. I looked down and it was flashing, and I said that's probably not a good thing. But so it's all right. It'll be all right. It's a good time for for books for uh, for for series, like you said. We have nowhere to be, um, so just uh, just just knock it out best we can. And escape from stuff, you know. Get into a different world here I mean, and there. My people are to us right now. Yeah, I, mean, I know. That's all we're trying to try, trying to do. Um, as the week moves on, we've got an interview with um, Major Markow from. Uh, Cathead Distillery, they are making hand sanitizer to yep. try to help in the effort. We'll bring that to you. Um, also, uh, Ole Miss alum and comedian Heather McMahon is going to join the show this week. We'll uh, we'll talk to her. Hopefully, she'll make you and us laugh in the process. So that's uh, it's kind of what she's we got awesome. coming up. She's she's brilliant in a completely, <laughs> totally different way than Harlan Coben is brilliant. She's brilliant. Just her stuff. Her just regular everyday stuff, like the way she messes with her fiance, makes me laugh so hard. She's crazy. Yeah, he he's got to go into every day just going, "Hey, it is what it is. Whatever happens, yeah. it's it's her shtick. It's uh, it's it's it, it's all good." So you can you can day drink for Heather if you'd like. We have no no issue there. I mean, again, where are you going? So, I've almost gotten to the point where I'm tired of drinking. Oh, really? A little bit. That's a good point. Life has in the uh, the live stream. Do, do I do I have to classify Heather's ep- episode with an E? Do I got to go in and change our our, our rating for nah, a day? It'd be all right. Just let it roll. Yeah, it's quarantine, so hey, let it let it let it let it go as it will. It's all uh, it's all good. We'll, we'll we'll figure it out. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, the podcast is the only thing going on right now for me that actually is distinguishing my days otherwise i would have no idea what day of the week it is there's no difference in friday to saturday or sunday because there's a couple things around the house and someone's like you know hey you want to do this you want to do that and i said well i mean i guess it is saturday then i kind of lo- joked to myself and went what the hell difference does that make what what what, what does it matter right now so it's uh it's not bad day to day 
Like, I, I'm fine. I'm no big deal. I'm whatever. It's when you step back and really go big picture on, wow, we're, we are. We're in the middle of this. That it's a different thought well, process of, of just this. You know what I mean? I just mean yeah. it's around us is what I mean. Versus, hey, I can just yeah, stay home, whatever, no big deal. Because luckily, 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 blessed. It hasn't necessarily affected anybody in my family to this point. I'm not worried about where my next meal is coming from at this point. It's it, it's it's periphery until you step back and go, wow, look at the world right now. Yeah, yesterday was the first day that I think at least two of my three kids saw big picture and started thinking, hey, this might really impact me beyond this summer. And you saw some fear, some depression, some some of that stuff kick in because I mean you know we've already had to kind of start having the conversation she came down and talked about it last night about the fall semester am I going to be able to go back and the answer now is I don't know hope so don't know um I've been very open about it I mean I'm I'm genuinely concerned about like what I mean I've rebuilt my career once at it was easier to do it in my thirties than it would be in my fifties. Uh, I, I mean, you know, you, you get you get nervous the more people you talk to. I, I'm I'm going to try this week to not talk to as many people. I talked to a lot of people over the weekend, and the more you talk to people who are smart, who are dialed in, you just think, oh my god. So I don't know. I every day sort of feels like the same, but but you know, I mean, we're still in March, which in many ways is a blessing, but. Yeah, I think that's why my mind doesn't go there because it's even if I'm trying to plan something out for what August or September is going to look like, it's kind of foolhardy right now. And I don't mean that in a negative way. It just it's yeah. a, it's it's kind of irrelevant because we have no idea what our world a, will be at that. It's going to be a brutally long March. I mean April. April's going to be well, the yeah, longest what, the longest month. Somebody ever. goes, "Hey, how long has this been?" I said, "It's just been like 17 days." Yeah, I mean that's you know since and I was kind of doing the clock since the SC basketball tournament got canceled since since our day to day changed so much. It had only been like two and a half weeks or yeah, something. Yeah, it's been about that. almost three weeks since the Rudy Gobert thing in Oklahoma City, which is kind of for me the touchstone moment of oh, this is when this thing got real. It was that moment that game? The players were on the floor, they were getting ready to play, and they stopped it. And in so many ways, it was emblematic of what was to come in the next 12 hours. And since then, everything, everything has basically stopped. You had a mind over the money, uh, mind on my money over the weekend. I'm releasing a Bourbon South today with Mickey Calloway, the uh, former Mets manager, current uh, Los Angeles Angels manager. We talk a lot about how he uh, is trying to keep his players somewhat in shape during this period, what he's hearing. We talk some bourbon. We talk about analytics with baseball. Just kind of, we talked to Mickey for probably forty-five minutes. So a good bit of stuff with uh, with him. And then you uh, you had a medical theme to your mind on my money. Yeah, we had Dr. Alan Jones, the chief of emergency medicine at UMMC. Uh, he spent more than an hour with us. Really, really informative. It was very good. It, I will warn you if you are in a great mood, wait until you're in a worse mood to listen because it's gonna it's pretty sobering. Um. But it's good, and he's a guy that clearly knows his stuff. He understands epidemiology to a, to a, a large degree. He certainly understands the, the medical situation that, that we're in and that we could get into right now. So he's very informed, and, and he, you know, he's one of those people that's willing to admit when he doesn't know something. So I, I think that makes him uh, even more credible. He, he was really good. It was an informative podcast. We taped The Greatest Pod in the South. 
Yesterday, uh, Gabe DeArman joined us again. It was pretty funny. You can watch the video. It's up on the site. You can also listen to the podcast the traditional uh, way as well. Both of those are both of those are available to you. How's Gabe doing? Gabe's a lot like me. Because Jay, I've got a feeling, is getting a little freaked out. Jay's Jay's real freaked out. Jay's really freaked out. You know, and, and Jay's got a daughter who's a senior. Yeah. And so, you know, and that's their only child. And this was going to be a big deal. You know, her graduation and her senior year, finishing all that stuff. And as those things fall by the wayside, it's, it's depressing. I mean, you know, kids are, yeah, kids are resilient. But, man, kids feel this. I mean, this is... So the time in their life that they, you know, they look forward to and things are going on and, and they're active and all of a sudden they're not, you know, and like in our house, we've had to kind of crack down a little bit with, you're not going there. Nope. You're not going there. And, you know, we, we've always had a parenting philosophy of use the word no as little as possible so that when you do use it, it has some weight and we've started using no some and it has weight. And I, you know, and, and you know, I hadn't seen my parents. My parents live ten minutes from here. I hadn't seen my parents in a month, I think. And uh, you know, I don't want to go over there because I, you know, you hear different things about how how the thing can can live in you. And and uh, you know, I've gotten. I went to Home Depot yesterday. I told this story where I realized it's mentally it's gotten to me. I was in Home Depot five minutes. And I literally felt my throat constricting. Couldn't, had, had a hard, hard time breathing. Got back in the truck, and the further I got away from Home Depot, the better I felt. And by the time I got home, I was like, fine. But it's... Because nobody's changing their actions? Or just in general? Just being around people. I don't want to be around people. I don't want to get it. I don't want to bring it home. You know, it's why I haven't... You know, Campbell went to Mardi Gras. Um, you know, she didn't know at the time that that was probably the worst place on earth to be. And about the same time, Caroline was at Disney World, which might have been the other worst place on the earth to be. Yeah. And so, you know, they come back and you're like counting days. Okay, how long has that been? And I'm sure they're both fine. But the one thing, if you could allow me a test, I'd, I'd want the antibody test for everybody where people can take an antibody test and now, okay, now we know, okay, you're, you're, you're probably immune to it. You probably are okay. Doesn't mean you need to go lick the guardrails somewhere, but yeah. And the thing about that is, I do think we're going to get that in our society fairly soon. The question is going to be, as it should, what is the pyramid on who gets it and when? I mean, frankly, we're we're pretty far down the list on on who needs that or would be the the, the right. first to to get that. That's going into healthcare workers. That's going into first responders. That's going into, frankly, more high highly populated areas. I mean, we're we're way down the pecking order of where that would that would come. Oh from. yeah, well, and you know, it hasn't. I don't. I think it's safe to say it hasn't peaked here yet. You know. No, 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 you no. Know, no it's no. it's um. Uh, the, the worst here is yet to come, probably, in this part of the country. So we'll see. I, As I tell people all the time when they ask, I'm not an epidemiologist. I ask people who are closer to that field than I am. I don't I don't understand the, the math models. And this and, is the good news, the bad news, and the scary part. 
they don't know yet. Right. Because when you talk to so many experts, they're not trying to trick you. They're not trying to put connotation on things. But what they think is their, their opinions, and it fluctuates wildly from fairly positive news to pretty negative news and all the way up and down the spectrum, which you look at it and go, hey, there's no consensus. We're all sort of learning and flying by the seat of our pants as this thing goes on and on and on as we move forward. So crazy anyway podcast brought to you in part by community mortgage oxford memphis soto county and chattanooga earning and processing is done in memphis or getting local underwriting that understands your market a leader in condo financing the float down option and uh and more you can find him at 662-234-2704 or j-l-o-w-e at community mtg.com we're also brought to you by the iron horse grill um they're located at 320 East Pearl Street. I actually need to get in touch with them and see whether they're doing takeout or what's going on there. I do can tell you this, that at some point, we will get past this. At some point, even people like me will be comfortable in crowds again. We'll have uh, events. We'll have rehearsal dinners. We'll have graduation celebrations, wedding receptions, all of those things that we used to take for granted. Uh, if you want to... Uh, Make sure that that's something that uh, you can enjoy when you're planning one of those and not have to worry about the beverage catering portion of it. Go to the Iron Horse Grill. They specialize in on-site large event catering for up to 250 people and off-site full catering services throughout Mississippi. They can handle a uh, 250 to 500 person wedding or a 3,500 person gala. It's one of the largest beverage caterers in Mississippi. It can service the entire state. So call Sarah Black, 601-398-0151 for your catering needs and knock that off your worry list. Let the Iron Horse Grill make your event one that is memorable forever. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen, Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. So call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth and let them show you the way to straight to a straighter, healthier smile, 12 months, no interest, no down payment, financing available at CorinthDental.com. Dead Soxy knows this is an incredibly strange time. Uh, millions over the world have been impacted uh, by these unusual events. And uh, the Dead Soxy team hasn't been immune to the situation. They, uh, they've been faced with some tough choices just like everyone else. But what they're trying not to do is they're trying not to cut costs and cut jobs. They're just trying to think a little bit differently. They want to keep their team intact, paid, and employed. You can help them make that happen and also enjoy uh, their incredible product at deeply slashed discounted prices. You can get uh, Dead Soxy now for uh, $6, $9, $11 a pair. Uh, They'd rather you get their socks discounted so you can keep paying their team than them worry about margins at a time like this. So go to deadsoxy.com. There are no promo codes. Deadsoxy.com. Check out their inventory. Socks as low as $6 a pair. Uh, For the quality that you get for those, that's something you should look into. You could, uh, for less than $100, you could 
completely solve your uh, your your sock needs there at deadsocksy.com. Podcast is brought to you by Visit Oxford. Visit OxfordMS.com. Click the link at the top to see how to support Oxford during COVID-19. Everything from uh, information you need to know, how to support ser- uh, service and industry employees at this time. Also, list of restaurants and retailers and their services offered at this time for curbside or delivery service. That remains the uh, the standard locally here in Oxford for, uh, for restaurants and the ways to uh, pick up food. If you're buying food, I think you can get one bottle of wine with, uh, with your meal as well. I think you can do that curbside or delivery. So, again, visit OxfordMS.com. Double-decker as of now, uh, rescheduled for August 14th, 15th. And, uh, and yeah, you find that more online there. Speaking of reschedules, the Tokyo Olympics have been rescheduled for July the 23rd uh, through August the 8th of 2021. Saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Basically a year. Right at it. Very, yeah. very close. Yeah. Again, I saw somewhere where it's going to cost them around $5 billion as a country to uh, to do that. Yeah, I'm sure it will. I mean, I don't know. Just been able to catch up, reading books, movies, shows? Uh, I'm trying to finish Fletch. I'm going to let you know that I, I'm not a fan. Really? Not not at all. It's been, I've been... I've been been struggling to get through it really yeah i don't know why maybe just mood it just it's not hitting me right um i figured the dry humor would be up your alley yeah it's, that was why I've, we picked it i've struggled with it um i'm trying to think we watched we watched another episode of tiger king we're through two i'm gonna I, i'm fully on board with it i'm i'm good i'm done you're done. I mean I, okay there's done like maybe yeah. it's a mood thing i don't know i yeah. just go i'm fine i i can't yeah, it's bizarre. It's got a little too much reality TV in it for me, even though it's yeah. not. Yeah. And it's actually real, which yeah. is kind of scary. But, um, yeah, well, yeah it's no, definitely I'm, scary. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I just, I'm not there. Um, Didn't watch anything yesterday. We were going to watch, and we just didn't. Just, I did a couple of uh, pork shoulders yesterday. Been trying to entertain myself by cooking, trying not to eat all of the things that I cook. But, uh, did a Denver steak on Friday night, which Explain was incredible. That. Explain that. It's like a big meat cube. It's Wagyu beef, so it's really, really good. Um, you sear it. You get the, I got the egg pretty hot, about 550 degrees, and seared it on all four sides. Just use salt, pepper, and kind of a coffee and garlic rub, and um, seared it, and then turn the heat down as much as you can. And then just get it to the desired internal temperature. Get it about six, seven degrees less than what you're trying to get it to. Yeah, yeah. Then the residual heat when you wrap it in foil is going to get it to that place. It was fantastic. And then we had some leftover. And the next night we turned it into like street tacos. Mm-hmm. It was even better. It was even better the second night. It's a very gourmet street taco there. It was pretty not uh, just taking the flank steak or the hanger steak and, and, yeah. and well, cutting had, on the diagonal and going about your business. Yeah, we had it left over. So. Whoa! What is she trying to uh, tell? She us? was trying to tell me something about uh, garlic and coffee. Yeah, she was listening. You didn't say anything close to her name. No, no, they're always listening. It's startling. They always are listening. Yeah, I, I, I sufficiently got freaked out a few days ago. I mentioned just out loud talking that I was out of something. And like 15 minutes later, Alexa unprompted goes, 
to reorder that, simply say this, and we'll say, <laughs> whoa, 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 They are. They, I mean, I'm boring, so I don't care, but. <sighs> they know everything. I mean, everything. Yep. All listening. It, it, was, it was a little startling. I said, yes, please just say these words, and we'll send it right away with your whatever your one-click ordering uh, preferences are. They'll. They'll get after it. So. What's always interesting to me is what shows up as ads. Well, yeah. Where I've never, I've never gone online and, and and looked for whatever that is. No, you can be in your kitchen if you've got Siri or Alexa or whatever, and go, "Hey, I'm out of milk," or "I'm out of coffee filters," or whatever. And when you go, it'll be the suggested thing for you as your as your purchasing or the advertisement or whatnot. I've got kind of a hip issue. You should probably listen to me right now. And uh, it really bothers me when I run. And so, but I've made a point to not go online and look for like exercises or medicines or whatever. And throughout anything I'm looking at, hip stuff comes up all the time. Well, it's helpful. It's good. Yeah, I'm just just trying to trying to make a sell. Are you getting a little worried? You little little 1984 on this? Nah, you don't care. I just think it's part of. I think it's part of our world now. Carson and I helped Caroline out on a dance Saturday. Did a 30-second dance. Thank God she didn't put it on the internet anywhere. It's for a competition she had to enter to win something. So we did that Saturday oh, afternoon. It? I don't know. She had a routine for us. We, we well, learned you it. Do? I can't remember. Can you do it for us right now? No. We have cameras. No, I'm, I'm good. Come on. No. Good. Please? Nope. We have time to kill. We do have time to kill, but we don't have that much time. You don't have a TikTok yet? No. I think I'm the only person in my family that doesn't have TikTok. Really? Yeah. TikTok's a big thing here. Laura has TikTok? I think Laura has a TikTok. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I, I never even got a Snapchat. I just refuse. Uh, this, no. that, that, that is beyond my... There's something... There's an age thing there. Where I, I never went, did nope, Snapchat that's for the kids. Either. I'm good. Um, Laura, I, Laura has a Snapchat. I don't actually put anything on Facebook or Instagram, but I have them. I'll click through them. I'll watch stuff. I use Instagram a little bit. I've never done an Instagram story. I, I've never done a story on anything. No, uh-uh. no, no. And then I, I hate Facebook. Hate it with a passion. I had someone stop me yesterday and say, "Are you still blogging or what? Are you still working?" I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> like, well, I never see anything on Facebook. I'm like, "Well, it's because I don't go there. It's not my world." You could move all your pictures to like Amazon or Google or something and just call it a day. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's something that's there. Like it, it lets me keep up with people from like high school and Ruston and stuff. Where if somebody's sick or dying or something, I can reach out. That's about it. Um, yesterday, I kind of inadvertently, I was just playing on the internet and bored. Um, and I've sort of started a podcast series that is going to get going that probably nobody listens to, but I'm going to entertain myself. And uh, if I use the right hashtags, maybe I'll catch some junkies out there. Um, Alex McDaniel from SB Nation, former Oxford Eagle editor, she is going to uh, rewatch How I Met Your Mother. And at the end of every season, we're going to do a podcast episode about that season, um, probably with some alcohol, some some bourbon types involved with that. But uh, 
just to again entertain ourselves over the sure. next month or two. I think that's what we're going to do. So uh, it, she she made a she criticized the show yesterday morning, and I said, you know what, I, I was I was with you. But I, I have rewatched the whole series, and I thought, ah, eh, it's a little deeper than we think. I actually give them a little more credit now than maybe I believed at the time. I said, let's let's talk about that. So we've uh, we've we've gone from there to evolving into, oh, we'll just rewatch all of it, and then we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk about it. So what else you got to do? What else we got to do? Yep. That's what I said. She goes, yeah, I do a podcast about that. And I said, well, I have a network, so damn this thing, we can make this happen. I know somewhere to post this thing. We'll uh, we'll oh, figure it out. I will say this: a lot of the same people who made fun of me on Peloton are yeah. now getting Pelotons. There are a lot of Peloton users on our message board right yeah, now. Lots. I'm getting a lot of that. <clears throat> you seeing this? If you jumped into any of these classes with all the pro golfers, they're all getting together for classes was, right now. I was in one the other day that they were all in. Did you? No, they were. Did you beat them? Hell no. <laughs> a couple of them are very average. Then you got like Rory doing stupid stuff. Yeah, there. I don't know what he's doing. There's no way he's following the the metrics that they're. Oh, like you they, don't think he's doing the plan? No, no, no. He's 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 trying to win. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's the. So hey, professional athlete rides a bike really well. well I mean, yeah, I've no done kidding. that a couple of times just to see if I could do it. Like jack the resistance up to ninety five and and go for forty five minutes as hard as you can. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're in the top three four percent of a class because they're not doing that same thing they're doing intervals you know if you're doing you're a, being a scoreboard warrior at that point yeah so because you can go find a class if you want to do that and everybody just go max out this thing well right? yeah i mean i could go find a 45 minute intermediate just intervals class. class where it's a bunch of women to 80s pop okay okay yeah and i could jack my resistance up to 95 and from the first minute Till the last minute, go as hard as I can. Maybe take a quick little break. And your output will be higher than the majority of them. Significantly higher, three, four times higher, because they're not doing that. They have their resistance at, you know, thirty-five to forty-five, and they got the cadence at eighty, and they're working on intervals. If I turn it all the way up, well, like I'm climbing Mount Everest, yeah, I'm I'm gonna win. Win. There's win. nothing to win. So, yeah. Yeah, like I saw Bubba Watson was trying to get them all in one this morning at 9 a.m., I think, was the time. He Is that was right? Trying to get, yeah, I was I, – I, I don't know how to locate it at the moment. But, yeah, it was him and Rory and Charlie Hoffman and Billy Horschel and maybe yeah. a couple other ones. Yeah, because they were in an Alex Toussaint class. I, that was right, yeah. That I, I was that. in, and Alex gave him a shout-out. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I sent you the story. Rory, for whatever reason, has gotten some stupid Peloton numbers. Like it's 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 way way up there. Um, yeah, I just number one, he's an elite athlete. Number two, I have to believe that he's not following the course. He was chubby like a plan. decade ago, though. I mean, he, yeah, he, he's 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 found his 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 best self when it comes to a fitness standpoint. But these golfers have nothing to do at all right now, so they're just hey. There's more high fives now than ever before. What do you mean? I, more people just giving random high fives. Well, because you can't than give one in before. person. So the cyber high, f- you're you're, a, you're really ahead of your time when you look at it. I think it's more people you realize are this is their outlet. This is a connection. Even though it's so odd, to, it's still sort of visually jarring. Usually, the longer classes, you know, that they, that they tape live or whatever. There's there's a class. There's a live class too. There's people. In the background, behind the instructor, in instructor, you you see other people, and now it's just the instructor. They're doing a class that's a, 
a cyber class and they have to basically pretend that people are in the, it really shows you how talented they are because they're having to talk through a 45 minute or a one hour class with I guess they just talk to the camera people but the camera people aren't riding a bike so they're giving instruction and there's no one in there to instruct really it's really fascinating it's a little weird yeah it would be something you have to at least get used to if nothing else but thank God. I mean, I'm so thankful for Peloton. And, like, if we didn't have – I think Campbell would, would be insane today if she didn't have Peloton. I, I think she would literally be losing her ever-loving mind without it. And now some of her friends are getting Pelotons, and so they're going to do classes together, and that's good. It Well, I mean, it, look, it's, it's, it's all we got. It gives you a little interaction, as dumb as that sounds. Yeah. It's something. Sure. I mean, right now, everybody's just begging for anything. I mean, because, you know, going to the grocery store is not real safe right, really safe right now, so. Nope. And if so you're doing any pickups at places, it's like eight days out. It's like, hey, you might schedule something for like next Tuesday or something because everybody's just filling them up. Yeah. And, they've, and they've, they've also restricted the amount of spots they're giving because of obvious reasons and having to have people load them and, and track it and do everything, so. I went to uh, Chicory. Yeah. On Friday, that's I guess. five in, five out right now. It's four in, four in. Okay, yeah. yeah. And so you had to distance in the line. It was really interesting. And then I got in, and I get when I get it. I'm, when I'm in now, I'm efficient. Boom! I know exactly what I want. I know where it is. I get it. Get out. Hand sanitizer. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm that dude. I, I did. You're bathing in it, aren't you? I use it religiously if I'm leaving the house. Work out. I, I do get out and work out in the driveway, and I find that that is that – is, I like the fresh air, even though right now you're just inhaling pollen. What are we doing in the driveway again? I do I, – I put out my mat, and I take um, resistance bands. I've got some weights. Okay. Got a jump rope. Okay. And just do a workout. Okay. Because I, if, if I do it upstairs, I turn the TV on, and before you know it, I'm – distracted and I'm, well don't turn that on yeah but i do and so i i just go out and it's better so i feel like i'm just like i feel like i'm in a gym turn the weather channel on like turn something on so i'm not really that's part of your problem you can't stop you have to read and watch and consume even yeah. though you know that's not really the thing yeah. to do or even that it's right it's right. just no 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 right so i go outside and i i, I can take my, my uh, ear pods whatever they're called and uh, just kind of, I don't really care. I don't. People pass by and look at you. I don't care. It's my driveway. If I want to do push-ups in my driveway, I can do push-ups in my driveway. <laughs> Same way you can walk your dog. It's cool. It's all good. <laughs> That's what you should do. You should put that on like Periscope or Facebook Live. Just, you, you could teach a little workout class. I hey. could. I've done. I found some resistance band stuff that that. That works. I got the perfect push-up things, and I got the ab roller. Got to work out in. So you rated like the infomercials at two a.m. and got all your your gear. Uh, I googled some stuff. Did you? Yep, yep. So Neil's gonna be out doing the thigh master here before long. No, I do miss the gym though. I do. I miss the gym. Being able to go in, get your workout in in an hour, feel good about it. I miss that. Okay. 
no judgment. I'm walking and running every day, doing the best I can. I've got a little bit of a knee issue, which is starting to to, to bother me. I'm I'm okay, but it's not doing anything straightforward. I'm, I'm good in a straight line. Anything side to side or in a downward movement, I'm getting a sharp pain in the little crevice right there on the front inside of my knee, um, which is probably not a good thing. I'm thinking that might be a problem. Yeah, you might want to be careful with that because now's not the time to have to go you can't mean there's an elective procedures, not the, the not yeah, the deal. I know. What is that? What 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 ligament is that? The one on front, the side, front of the knee, kind of in that little crevice right there on the inside front of your knee. Is that ACL? I, I don't know. That's why I'm asking. I don't know. I'd be cool. If I were you? Don't want to tear an ACL right now, do you? No. I mean, all serious. I mean, yeah. I'm I know. not even really joking. Well, no. I mean, that's what you. That's that's the. We've had to tell the kids now's not a good time to have a car accident. Now's not a good time to do something stupid. I'm reading from the live stream before I go on the break. It says Prime has a convict conditioning video series on how to exercise like you were in prison. Yeah. A lot of push-ups and sit-ups, planks. A lot of body weight stuff. Yeah. Fair enough. A lot of planks. Okay. Podcast brought to you in part by Tyson Drugs and G&M Pharmacy, G&M, 662-236-2222. Give them a call. They deliver locally in the Oxford area, so if you're set up, they'll take care of you. They'll bring it right to your home. You don't have to get out in this right now. They also offer MedSync to uh, make sure all your prescriptions are filled the same day every month to take care of you. Again, 662-236-2222. Podcast also sponsored by Nest and Wild. Sleep better with the Nest and Wild mattress. Mississippi-based mattress company making a high-quality mattress delivered right to your door. They make buying a new mattress easy. Everyone is one foot thick. Uh, they're all uh, American-made. And the pricing is fantastic. We'll make it even better with the promo code REBEL20 at checkout when you go to nestandwild.com. It's a no-risk decision. Nest and Wild believes in their product so much, they're offering a 99-night trial on every mattress. So try it out. Sleep on it for 99 nights. And if you don't like it, you can return it. Again, nestandwild.com, promo code REBEL20 for 20% off your purchase. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle Trust. We talked about the Mind on My Money podcast. It is up for your uh, listening. So uh, really informative, a little sobering, but very informative. I think you will uh, at the very least find it interesting. It's brought to you by Pinnacle Trust. They're based in Madison, Mississippi. They represent clients in multiple states, have advisors in several states as well. Uh, regardless of your level of wealth, Pinnacle Trust will sit down with you, listen to your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan built just for you. Uh, they, to learn more about Pinnacle Trust, go to pintrust.com, P-I-N-N trust.com. Mention you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the podcast. You'll get 10% off your first year's fee. We're also brought to you by John Edwards of Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Yeah, no one's traveling now, but eventually uh, that's we're, we're going to get through this. We have to, right? So when we do, you're going to want to get away. You're going to want to go on a vacation. You're going to want to get out of your house, out of your town, out of your state, you want to go see something new, I would suggest that you start talking about that with John. Maybe planning something now will cheer you up for down the road. 901-494-3387 or Edwards at regencytravel.net. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget and uh, let him give you some options. And no, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. And you'll save $50 off your first book trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel. 
on the podcast. We're also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan is the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well at GrenadaNissanUSA.com. Podcast also brought to you in part by in-house interior and designs. Whether it's uh, something you're seeing that needs to be done later, or you just got questions for, or maybe something that can be done right now. 662-681-6241. Call or text Nikki and Ashley. Thirty years combined experience. When uh, the time comes, I can drive in-state or out-of-state to take care of you. And a lot of discounts, including dorm rooms, new uh, new clients, big uh, big things that need uh, contract teams to have those ready to go when the time comes as well. So, again, 662-681-6241. This is interesting. I don't know whether you could pull this off with the NBA, with MLB, with the NHL. But the English Premier League has developed plans for clubs to play televised games in isolated World Cup-style camps in the Midlands and London over June and July in order to try and finish the 2019-2020 season amid the coronavirus pandemic. The uh, soccer authorities have been in discussion about ideas over the weekend with games behind closed doors, as they say, still seen as the likeliest solution. But the idea of isolated camps is one the clubs keep returning to it has in, gained increased traction in the uh, past few days. Uh, the huge broadcasting contracts and other financial concerns have increased the pressure on clubs to complete the season. But one considerable advantage to the idea is that it would be a, quote, TV mega event. The Independent, which is a newspaper in England, has been told that plans have been drawn up to televise all remaining 92 matches with a handful on every day over the summer months. But the players all locked down in like compounds. Really? I just don't know that it's not just clubs that would have to be confined to quarantine basis, but also all officials, cameramen, and outside broadcast crews. Ooh. And then they point out something that immediately came to my mind as I was reading this. There also remains the moral issue of having medical officials at what are ultimately non-essential events, not to mention potential hospital visits if a player mm-hmm. broke a leg. or I mean, if you watch professional soccer, you very quickly realize that, no, it's a lot of contact. Yeah, Lots this, of contact. This, this is not binary. There's a lot of issues here. Yep. We talked about this yesterday on Greatest Pod in the South. Could you do this with the NBA? Could you put all the NBA teams in a quarantined area? I don't think think it works. Logistically, sorry. Theoretically, could you? Sure. Would they agree to it? Probably not. A couple well-known people obviously dealing with it right now. Uh, Joe Diffie has died from from, from COVID complications. Country music singer, very, very well known. Um, John Prine currently has it as well, I believe is on event uh, at, at this point. So, um, yeah, just no one's immune, people. That's the oh no age, gender, the whole deal. No, I'm, I'm literally convinced that when this is over, one of the footnotes that will come out when we do all of the assessing of blame, one of the things that will come out is that was a mistake was to say that this was only attacking old people. That was in the early days. That's what we heard. That's proven not to be accurate. Yeah, it's hitting obviously people harder that have pre-existing conditions. That is by far a more 
statistical likelihood of it, it being a so serious case for you. And elderly people have more underlying conditions, obviously, but it's 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 throughout the population. Yep. There's been an infant die at this point. Yep. Um, a couple deaths under 18 years old. Yep. It's not again. It's not statistically likely, but Some it is people possible. in their early 40s who are fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every day. Um, I think new info for the day. It means Mississippi comes out at 10 every morning. I believe is the time for that. If I have that right. New cases, um, any inc- added deaths or anything, as long as uh, as well as county by county makeup. Um, also for uh, for that was it, was it 11 in Lafayette County? I thought I saw 13. Maybe it's 13. If I am yeah. right. Yeah, I think it's 13 as of um, yesterday. I haven't listened to this. Um, Adam Gunna Show was in our po- on our podcast last Friday. He did a podcast with Tate Reeves yesterday. That is up this morning, or at least will be up this morning um, through the Mississippi Today outlets. And I'm assuming everywhere that you would uh, you would listen to podcasts. So if you're interested in that, if you're a Mississippi resident, Adam has a, an interview with him that I did see was. Um, was coming yeah as of uh as of this morning again it hasn't been updated for today 758 total cases from mississippi 14 deaths to this point um lafayette county is at 13 total cases no deaths to this point um is where lafayette is just kind of scrolling there's one county that has 71 that's DeSoto, the memphis area one death out of 71 cases Harrison County on the coast has 43 cases, one death. Hines County in Jackson has 66 cases, no deaths. Um, looking for Rankin just to see numbers there. 35 with one death in Rankin. Um, Tippa has 23 cases. That's a little interesting. Um, yeah, those are the ones that stick out as a high number. Tupelo, Lee County has 21 cases, one death. So. And that doesn't necessarily include people in the hospital from somewhere else. Right. Would be my understanding right. there. That's simply residents from that uh, are places they think it contracted it there. So it's everywhere. That's uh, the thing. We'll uh, we'll see what the week brings. It feels like every forty eight hours we have different talking points, different things that are popping up as far as where this thing is, where it's headed, and not necessarily what to do about it, but um, how to 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 manage it the best that we um, we can. Celtic Smart says he's cleared of coronavirus. See that on ESPN. So, oh, Mark through, Smart. Yes, through um, through the whole deal there. Yeah, you look at ESPN and all these sports sites right now, and it's just tons of NFL because that's the only thing doing anything. Like it's the only way they have any any way to do any content yeah. at all at the moment. Oh, the NFL draft's going to get incredible ratings. Well, because anybody's begging for anything. Yeah. Sure, why not? I mean, it's going that's to great. be from a television standpoint, it's going to be pretty boring because it's going to be just a person here and a person there skyping with one another, but. Yeah, everyone's going to watch it because it's going to be news. It's going to be a new development. Greatest pot is up. There you said that, right? Yeah, it's up. What'd y'all talk about? Uh, We updated our confidence rankings. Uh, We talked about 1992. 92? 92 because it was the 92nd edition. Greatest pot in the South. We... uh, what were we talking about? Uh, talked about Jay's crush on another weather chick. He has another one. Jay Jay likes a lot of weather people. That's that's turns Why? out I, that's his thing. Everybody has their thing. Everybody has Jay's fetish. Apparently, is weather girls. Okay. Um. What else did we talk about? That's about it. We we talked about. How old were you in ninety two? Twenty two. 
Graduated college, started Close gra- to your bartending days. Started then. grad school, started my bartending days, started the two two years of my life that are probably unlike all the other years of my life. Yeah, I mean, obviously, listen to G Pits, but uh, from a pop culture standpoint, movies in 1992 that people have heard of: Aladdin, Home Alone 2, Batman Returns, Lethal Weapon 3, A Few Good Men, Sister Act, The Bodyguard, Wayne's World. We all agree that The Bodyguard is one of the worst movies ever made. Oh, that is a bad movie. So bad. And A Few Good Men's a great Michael movie. Michael Keaton? Uh, Kevin Costner. Sorry. Kevin, Kevin Costner, Costner Whitney, Houston. Whitney Houston. That's right. Yeah. Oh, A Few Good Men's a great movie. Awesome. A Few Good Men's great. You know, Nicholson's only in like 10 minutes of that whole movie. In a very small amount of yeah. that movie. And he's very good. Takes it over. Yeah, he does. Uh, someone's asking about uh, David Johnson. The last I heard was things there was were... some improvements. Things were improving. He's still in ICU, to the best of my knowledge. Um... But his oxygen numbers were were better. Yeah, that's kind of what I what what I'd heard too. I think that's where things are as of um as of right now. So okay, appreciate uh appreciate Harlan so much for uh, his time this morning. Really uh, thank him for that. I will send him a message since we're close friends now and let him know that we do appreciate. No, yeah. it. And uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Again, we've got uh some good stuff coming throughout the week. Try to take your mind off of it the best we can and continue to entertain if at all possible. So I appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.